Waz up and welcome to the Waz up podcast. It is great to have you guys back here. I'm here on a Wednesday night recording this one and it's going to be a double whammy. Um, the preview, a uh, review, sorry, of the Panthers game and also a preview of the Bulldogs. Now moving forward, guys, I think I'm going to just go to one episode per week. I was doing twos, I was enjoying that, but due to time constraints, I'm going to try and maybe just push it back to just one. Um, and uh, try and get it, you know, it may be a little bit of a longer episode, um, and so it may take a few days to kind of break down, but I, th- I think that's probably working best for me personally right now. Um, I still love what I'm doing. It's just sort of, you know, time is of the essence um, in some of these things. So, But hopefully that will maximize your listening time and so you can enjoy it. Um, but apart from that, guys, I am doing well. Um, it's been a long 11 weeks. Coming into the last uh, week 11 here, after this ball get the Hogs game and and I've been doing content for what over three or four months now and um it would be nice to have a little break by um but we need to nail this one coming up. It's a four point game in my eyes, but I'm looking forward to this one and I think the players especially will have a great chance just to have a little break. But anyway, let's get into this guys. The run sheet for tonight is I'm uh, gonna do a little bit of team news. We're gonna break down that little uh, refereeing saga um a little bit talk about the impact of that potentially on the team but also just in general as fan base kind of trying to air out our grievances and, and it's rightly so and in due to, in the right time to do it I believe uh, and then we'll go into the preview um, we'll look at some of the players as well who stood out um, and then we'll go into um, the preview sorry sorry the review of the Panthers and who stood out and then we're going to go into the preview of the Bulldogs look at some matchups that might uh, be good to look at um, look at the team list, who's come in. There are a few changes, which I'm sure you guys are aware of, um, but we'll break that one down, and then we'll go into the final thoughts and score prediction, and we'll get out of here. But thanks again, guys, for supporting and coming along the ride with me. It is a roller coaster. We know that. We're at the bottom now. We're hoping we come back up again um, this weekend, but hang in there and enjoy the episode. Okay, here we go. Okay, guys, team news. Really, this is... Not a rant, but a kind of an addressing a big, a massive issue that has always plagued the Warriors since day dot. Um, now, with the comments from the one NZ CEO coming out and, and catching headlines, really from what he's saying, from uh, his comments, I think is actually really good in a way, a positive, also a negative. Um, I, I know most Australian media will look at us as complaining and whinging. Um, but at the same time, it's something that needs to be addressed. And I kind of want to go back in time a little bit. And those for those that are uh, day oneers or, or the, they follow the club for a long time will know that this is part of the club's history, that there have been uh, biases, bias um, towards the club and its uh, and the team. There's no denying that in my eyes. Uh, that, but that does not excuse that our teams have been poor over our 27-year history. We're not excusing that. Um, we're not excusing poor performance for um, a biased refereeing or biased systems. Now, I thought I want to take you back. This is this is more than really uh, just this year. I think the issue with the Warriors and always has been is that this is really an Australian versus New Zealand type. At the end of the day, it's about Australia versus New Zealand. And we know the history between the two countries in terms of, you know, Australia have always been kind of a powerhouse, On apart from in rugby, 
but have been a powerhouse in a lot of other sports, whether it's netball, cricket, uh, rugby league, um, other sports. But, you know, in particular in rugby league, maybe in cricket as well, I think it was the one, the underhanded um, bowl, um, that one in the 70s was, or early 80s, I can't remember, but that to me sums up an Australian. An Australian will do anything to win a game, whether it's cheat, lie, steal. They and you you acknowledge their competitiveness and their competitive nature, but it's still, in my eyes, an Aussie will do anything to win a game. He will cheat, and, and that's where that spirit of that that's where I think as as Kiwis, I've always felt that I've I've loved when we beat Australians because. Not only are they amazing talents, but they will do anything to win. Even if they're not having a good day, they'll find a way to cheat their way to winning. Now, I'm not excusing that we have had poor teams over those time frames, but there's always that element of of Kiwi versus New, uh, New Zealand versus Australia. And, and it has its effects also in rugby league. I mean, especially with the Kiwis and the Kangaroos. You know, it's very rare for the Kiwis to get a win over the Kangaroos, but... You know, when they do, it's almost a miracle. Um, and, and and you can tell that it very much impacts the Australian psyche. So in many ways, they try and control the narrative as much as they can um, to, to kind of limit, I suppose, or, or try and control and win as much as they can possibly win. Now, this is stemmed back to the Warriors' inception. I, I believe even in the first game with the Broncos where... There was a call I can't remember, but you know it, it allowed the Broncos to win in a way. Not not excusing poor performance. I'm not. Ex- I'm never excusing poor performance. I've always thought our teams haven't had the same talent as other teams, and when we have had talent, we haven't lived up to it. That's not the point. The point is talking about refereeing blunders and, and decisions, but that has always been in the background with Warriors teams. Um, I've even over the years initially I didn't focus on referees. But now I know more about the referees and the players. <laughs> I can track and tell you what their issue, uh, you know, what they do, do, why do they give six games, what triggers them, you know, and and that shouldn't be the the, the referee should be invisible in any sport. A referee should not impact the game. Um, but it seems as though in rugby league, specifically the NRL, that it does impact the game significantly. Um, but what? But that has always been part of the Warriors' history, and those fans that have followed the team, we know that um, that there's been those calls. Um, we know that even with the Kiwis, where guys would get suspensions to miss Anzac Day tests or end of year tests, they drag it out over the. There's things like that that just within because it's an Australian competition, and and, and we can't technically track it. Um, but we aren't really running the competition. We play in an Australian competition that has 16 other shareholders. We're just one of those shareholders, so we have no real voice. Um, But at the same time, I don't think it's just a Warriors situation. It's not a Warriors... Only the Warriors are getting... I think it's anyone that's in the top four are getting those favourable calls. I think the NRL... um, I don't want to get too deep into it, but there is some element to it that those top four teams or the teams that I suppose supposedly are very important to their brand need to get those wins um they need to have those victories and and with within the rules should we say um get those leg ups if they can um obviously you know you want to have an even competition but it feels as though in the last maybe 10 
15 years that that has been a very much a focus on helping teams like the Melbourne Storm, um, Sydney Roosters, um, you know, uh, other teams in the top four that, that get favourable calls. But there's no way to track it. There's no way to, you know, uh, unless there came out of a, you know, some emails that we found all these things where we could track it. It's not about that. It's it's really what we're trying to do as a fan base is call it on the field. We The only evidence we have is on the field, and there's a lot of evidence in the last three or four weeks that shows that referees are inconsistent. We're not calling them cheats, but they're inconsistent. Um, and that is impacting the product. And that's where I know a lot of people have gotten off the NRL. I respect the game like rugby where it seems they're adjudicating and, and their refereeing has neutrality to it. Yes, they. I mean, the game is, has a lot of penalties in that, but it doesn't seem to me that they ch- pick and choose between you know, teams to get a favourable call or not. I may be wrong. I don't really watch the game, but when I have watched the games, it feels like the refereeing has been very much neutral. Rugby league doesn't always have that. It has the element where with with six against now, it's another controlling element to to swing the tide, dependent on what the referee adjudicates. I'm not saying these refs are corrupt, but these are tools that they can use, whether it's unconscious bias or whatever it may be, to swing it to the favourable team. Um, uh, but that still doesn't excuse. I'm not making excuses for the Warriors, but these are things that we have. And I know that's where I'm happy that this guy's come out now from the 1NZ. We needed to address it. We needed to even, even if it doesn't get addressed, and I don't think it will, the NRL do not care. They have no accountability amongst their referees. But at least we we, we set our statement, we acknowledge it, and move forward. Uh, and I think what Webster's is trying to do, I agree with the whole process. They as a playing, playing group cannot accept these things for them you know they cannot accept uh, mediocrity they cannot accept blaming someone else they they as a playing group need to focus on how they can improve it always but we as fan as a fan base and supporters we can bring it up to the nrl and i think a lot of people are um but i think we just need to be very clear on how we're doing it get the evidence and i think we're presenting the evidence fairly and i hope the club can prevent present the evidence uh, I thought the Torhu Harris, you know, um, um, head high was definitely, you know, should have been a penalty. Any contact to the head should be a penalty. We've seen it with Sean did it in the Storm game where he just literally tapped the guy on the round the neck and he got a penalty. So those are things where I'm thinking, why are they swallowing the whistle? Why is the bunker not stepping in? That is very inconsistent. And it's not just us guys. It's the Canberra Raiders I've seen over time. West Tigers got robbed of one. You know, there's just a few that I just feel like the lower teams are not getting their fair share. Um, and whether that's, not sure what the reason is, but that that is a concern. But anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, but let's move forward now anyway and, and talk about the game a little bit and then we'll get into the um, who stood out as well. Okay, that's my rant. Done. Okay, let's look at the uh, review of the Warriors versus Panthers. Look, it, it was a great game. Uh, it was an 18-6 in the end. This game was a very much a grinded-out game for a lot of periods of time. I thought we started off really well. We got really you know, into the game very well. Um, that beautiful try that Tohu passed on to, to add and summed up. It, it, and I had flashbacks to Melbourne, and, to, and we talk about 
this team is progressing and is improving and it's it's signs like that where you see tries like that from really good structure really good attacking emphasis on lines line speed um passing game that's that's and that was a flashback to the melbourne game where we saw a lot of that nice ball movement shifting of the ball um it just was kind of really um good to see that we still you know against the roosters you're thinking oh no have we lost a step but no we we're very much in the in a good space uh, and when more of our players come back that attacking ability i think will be able to be sustained throughout the game but it was a great start and then fair call to um penrith as well they scored some really a soft try the the dylan edwards one i just thought lusick didn't close that gap i think if you look at lusick he ran out and he thought that dylan edwards going to pass on and so he didn't close that little gap between there um but that's that's okay i mean that's fine you live with one error um, and then the other try to uh, To'o was based off of the, um, I think just getting the numbers and trusting, you know, Montoya just sort of held in on that lead line and got called out there. But that's okay too. I mean, I don't think we had too many major lapses. Um, but to see that we were kind of, you know, um, just hanging in there and fighting hard. Um, so, you know, I think we did a really good job um, applying, you know, maintaining our effort throughout the game. Now we did lack a little bit. You saw when Spencer Lenu came on that he just lifted their team a, a lot, you know, a ton, and they found a second leg. And you know that's the type of impact we're missing right now. Tom Ali and Dimitrik didn't have a really good chance to show what he can do. I think he's got a lot of potential, and hopefully see a bit f more from him uh, coming up. Uh, and then I think you know Spencer Lenu was the difference again. Just some of these players, if you think about it. We had Nas the other week. We had a few others. Lenu, these impact players that they can turn a game around or pick the energy up for the other the opposing team. And I thought Cleary played a really good game as well. Um, and then over time, I think the Panthers figured out our offense. I mean, not that we were predictable as such, but they knew when to shift. And you could see that uh, Luai, whenever the shifts were going his way, he'd set an edge so that the play would either... He jumped that pretty much the up the back player, whether it was Chance or whoever it may have been. Um, so they kind of got keyed in on what we were trying to do, and they kind of nullified what we were doing. But I, th I think, and then in the second half, um, they got that penalty, and then the Lenny try was just it was down to those sinbins, uh, and then the amount of work we had to do. It wasn't a good, you know, we we really did a really good job. It wasn't a fair reflection of what the game could have been. I think it could have gone down to the wire, maybe 14-12 to them still. Um, but I don't think 18-6 really sums up how well we played, um, considering all those decisions against us. But I think I was very, very proud of this team. Um, there were moments there when we made line breaks and we didn't capitalize. Support play wasn't there. Uh, and then SJ made just a rush decision on the... Josh Curran uh, line break to kick to DWZ and it wasn't on. They weren't communicating well. DWZ was way too far back and Sean actually rushed the kick. He needed to go to the line a little bit more to give Dallin some time. And so it was just a few things like that where you're thinking, man, if, if Sean, you know, if Dylan Walker was back on the bench and if we had Tamari there or even Volkman to an extent, um, we probably get 
a 12 to 14 loss. You know, we get that extra point, the extra try, I think. I think there was too much pressure on Sean, and he did amazing. He did really well to have every touch nearly in, in, on the fifth tackle. He created most of the line breaks. Um, he ran for one himself, where he nearly got there, but he kicked through. And then he was always the last, you know, guy on, on the decision-making, and, and that's too much sometimes when one guy is making all the decisions. And so that's where you got to say we're missing a Tamaire, even a Volkman or a Metcalf, to take away some of those calls where he doesn't have to. Say if there's a Metcalf or Volkman there and he gets that ball, he doesn't kick for Dylan. Maybe he shifts it on to Metcalf and then Metcalf creates something on that left-hand side and we score on that side. So that's where I think he's feeling the pressure right now that he's doing too much. And he is. He is doing too much. But he's doing amazing, Sean, to do what he's doing. But that's where you need your Metcalfs, your Volkmans, your Tomites to come and alleviate that one. So he doesn't kick for Dylan. He actually just passes on and someone else finds something you know, creative-wise. But apart from that, I thought a great game. I thought a, a good brand of footy and to test ourselves. And I've always said that we had to test ourselves against the Panthers the best. And we held our own for a good 55, 60 minutes there. Len, you just took us, took them over the top. They started breaking the line. We were short men, you know. Um, and so you've got to say, hey, if we don't have those sin bins, if we have Kossi doesn't go out injured, mate, we're right in this game. Um, but it just wasn't. It just didn't fall our way, and we've had that for the past three weeks. And I think there's part of the refereeing issue. It is, but you know, we're just as a fan base, we're reeling after these three games in eleven days against the top three or four play teams. It isn't fair, but you got to move forward now, and we've got to focus on. You know, we've got a really good run here, so this is why it's very important for this Bulldogs game. But um, look, let me just talk about who stood out. I I think for me, you know, obviously. The the Lusick and the Egan rotation worked well in my eyes. I thought Lusick, he actually defended really well. He's the first point of contact in a lot of situations. Apart from that slip up in the twentieth minute where he got fatigued, um, I think that was actually a good rotation having him and Egan. And, and I think Egan actually had a good impact in that first twenty after um, after. Uh, Lusick went off, so that was actually a nice rotation, and I wonder if they'll go back to that, because I think actually in fairness, Egan is a little way off from being an 80-minute hooker, and with his concussion situation, I don't think we can we can expect him to play 80 minutes right now. Um, I think maybe they stick with that rotation of Lusick and Egan. Um, another one I thought was good was Newquarter, in terms of the fact that um, he got pushed out to the centres, and a lot of these guys, with Kossi going out, you I was actually impressed with Newquarter just to hold his own. Not that he did anything amazing, um, but again, versatility is very important in t- today's game. You got guys going for HIAs, you got guys going off injured, you guys got guys getting you know sin binned. You need versatility, uh, and to see Newquarter just to have that little bit of that versatility was really good. And I think, I think you can kind of see why Webster sometimes holds a spot for a back like how he was putting Tuo Picky on the bench, you know. If you get one of these guys get injured off the bench, uh, like these wingers, you need a you need a genuine back cover. And even though he may not get played because there may no, be no injury, you still need it. So that's where we've looked at those benches and we thought, why has um, Webster put a, you know, Tain in there for never to use him? Well, you just never know. And, then, and, that, and that was a good example. But we were lucky that we have Newcordy. 
but it did subtract from him, um, you know, doing his work on, on the edges. But I just got to give credit to him for that. I thought Adam was great again. Adam has been very, very consistent. One of his best years. And, and we often always knock on wood when I talk about this. And I want this man to stay healthy. But this is a guy that, you know, he is a linchpin to what we're doing um, in the forwards. And we're just hoping he stays healthy. And, I, and I've knocked on wood that he will because um, we want him to. Um, but he's had the most one of his most consistent seasons uh, with us. And it's not just literally, um, you know, run-up meters. This is tries. This is line running. This is defensive work that he's doing. It's just a, a really class player. I didn't see how, how good he was when we signed him, but now you're really seeing the, the fruits of him, of his play, and he's reaping the rewards under Webster. And, you know, he's leading by example. I really love him. Tohu was great as well. I think, you know, what I would love to see, and we'll talk about it coming up, but just alleviating some of that pressure on him to always create to be that first receiver. You can see in patches of the game he was getting tired, uh, and but he was still being asked to kind of create. That's where you want a Dylan Walker to come on and lift the team up and get us into our shapes and our, and our movements at the line, you know, and, and really pushing the pace a bit more. But apart from that amazing... We have got an amazing captain, an amazing leader um, by example as well. So we're very fortunate to have him. I thought in the, um, who was in the backs that it was quite good. Oh, you know, SJ was great. We talked about him. Um, I thought Dimitrix is going to come along. He had that nice little offload where he threw it right into the chest. It bounced off. It was like, a, you know, it was too hard. Um, but he'll learn from that. But he had, he's, he, I just looked at the way he runs and he's got something to him, Dimitrix. He's got an ability there that I want to see more of it. Um, so, you know, based off his his um, his one or two runs that he had, I'm not sure how many he had, but he's got something there, that boy. And and I th I think we have got to push with him. And I think Webster may have seen that with him. So we'll see him in the lineup coming up as well for for the Bulldogs game. But he's got something there, that kid. Um, and then I, th I thought Chance was pretty good at the back. I thought, um, yeah, our, our wingers. Uh, Kossi again was great until he got injured. I thought he's he's having one of the best, you know, his best season so far. Um, uh, and but you know, I thought the team as a whole were quite good defensively as well. So I'm very proud of this effort. Very proud of this team. Like I keep saying every week, I'm I'm proud of these guys. Um, and but you know, those are kind of the ones that stood out for me. Um, Oh, on the Panthers side, I got to acknowledge Cleary. You know, he was great as well. Yo, they're just all professionals. Len Yu was was huge on there. We talked about him. Um, Leota was was great as well. He just, you know, these guys just can pick up. Um, and, and then Edwards was man, he was class. Edwards was class. He was everywhere. The way he would get across to the covering tackles, his speed, his work rate, everything was great. You know, these are class players. And I've got no disrespect for them, you know. I just really got disrespect for the referees in the bunker. That's out of their control. I mean, they weren't doing anything malicious, you know. I don't even think the Leota one was malicious. It was a loose, it was a loose arm to hit Tohu on the neck, and it should have been penalised. But it's not that those players were in, like were intentionally bad. They were playing within the rules. I just think the referees in the bunker just have ruined things at times for for this game. But anyway, we'll move on now to um, the uh, preview for the uh, Warriors versus Bulldogs. This is the last game, guys, of the 11-round stint. We've done a really good run here, guys. 
everyone that's been a part of this, including us as fans, we've had a solid 11 rounds without a break. We're going into a break after this one, but we've got to nail this one. So we'll break down the team list right now. Okay, guys, we've got the team list up here. We, we've got, for the Warriors, now with the outs, Ed Cossie, guys. I heard he's out for maybe four weeks. Jackson Ford's out as well, and I don't know what exactly it is. I'm not sure if it's an HIA. I can't, I can't tell you, but uh, maybe it is. Um, but I haven't heard anything back on that one. But anyway, coming in. Uh, anyway, we're going to do the team list right now. We're going to do fullback. Chance is at fullback. Dallin's there. Center, Rocco Berry is coming in. I think he's going to go play on the left center with Montoya on the wing. And then Adam Pompey on the right center uh, with, with Dallin. Now, Volkman comes back in for 5 8 and Sean as well to make up that halves pairing. And then we've got Adam Fennell, Blake Wade, Egan Bunty out four in that front row. Josh Curran probably going to the left edge, I imagine, with Marata on the right, unless they swap over. SJ's had a good run with um, with Josh on the right. Maybe Marata goes to the left-hand side. We'll see what happens. And then Tohu is playing at lock. So that makes up our um, starting 13. And then off the bench, Freddie Lussick. I, I think that one may switch around. Maybe Freddie starts again. I thought that was a good... Good little hit out, and then um, Egan comes off the bench. Dylan Walker, guys, that's our little big, big adjustment impact-wise. Dylan's gone back to the bench to play that um, interchange role, or that, that 13 role coming to replace Tohu at times. Dimitri, oh, like I said, I'm looking forward to this kid. I want to see some more of him, is, is on the bench as well with Tom Ali. And now, Tom, I just want him to pick up a little bit there. But I think overall, pretty good team. Um, it's probably... You know, it's probably one of the better teams we've had in a little while. While taking out, you know, Rocco Berry coming in, Volkman, those are two new guys that haven't had much time. Rocco Berry, especially, will 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 be under the pump to try and you know figure things out early. His reads will have to be on. Montoya, we know, has been great in that center position. With Rocco Berry, are we sure that he's going to make the right reads defensively? And what can he create? You know either for himself in attack or for his outsides in Montoya. We'd love to see some more action on that left side, and hopefully with a Volkman coming in, we see a bit more action on that left side. Uh, there hasn't been much happening really with Dylan, and I respect Dylan as a player. I think he's our best, one of our best buys this season, but to be put into the 5-8th role, you need more creation, and he just wasn't providing that. He was providing defense. I think that was great, and I think that was part of the plan from Webster was... We just need a defensive stopper for these next three or four weeks, but it became too predictable in terms of it was a, it was actually a subtracting from RS Hack and our points, and that's what we needed. But apart from that, you know, I think Volkman coming in against the Bulldogs, a team that's not as good as the other three that we've just played, but is the right decision right now. And I think Webster's probably thinking I can get away with Volkman, even if he does have some defensive issues, I can get away with it. Um, because I need some more, and he does have a good kick. He can he can create. People were saying that he's a seven. Well, even if you are a seven, doesn't mean you can't create with the with less ball anyway. So let's see what he can bring. I think he's got some skills. I want to see him get some more touches. Got to find that balance with SJ because SJ is very strong in what he does. Um, but Volkman will come into his own with more time. So that's exciting. Um, Egan, yeah, like I said, I think Egan will come off the bench. I'm, I'm, I thought that was really good. I thought that was more effective, and it takes away a bit of that from him to tackle where he gets his head in the wrong places. And then, in my eyes, I'm thinking maybe Curran to the right edge with Sean on that side. They had got a good, they started getting a good flow together, those two. 
maybe Morata goes to the left edge and maybe something he creates for himself down that side. Um, might be a little bit of a different angle, different you know line to it, his right side, but I love to see that. Tohu again, I think is going to be great. Now Lusik, I think yeah he starts. Dylan, now I think that's a really good one. It's, it's just taking away from Tohu. So Tohu's, I notice his touches have been high. His volume has been high in terms of passing, and, and a lot of it's you know creating. He needs a break from that, and I think Dylan comes in at the right time to create. So I'm looking forward to him coming back off the bench. It's going to look at we're not going to have those lapses in the twenty in the you know the twenty minute mark going into the sixty minute mark where we just sort of tire and fade. It's pretty much the whole from the twenty minute mark on. We just haven't had much impact, and I think Dylan's going to bring that. So hopefully we see him re-energize. You know his energy's look been a bit flat playing eighty. I think he's definitely a kind of a sixty minute player, and his energies are always up. Um. And then obviously Dimitri, I just want to see that guy just get some more touches. I just want to see him. He's, he's got something in him. I believe he's got a gift. I've seen some of the things he's doing when he's running and his offload. Like he, there was a beautiful offload. Technically, it was a beautiful offload. It was just a bit too hard. Can we see a little bit more of that from Dimitri? I, I would love to see it. I'd love to see him on an edge actually and working on one of those edges. Maybe he might replace um, Morata for a little bit and work on their left edge. We'll see. Uh, Tom as well. Tom, I just want him to pick up a little bit. I just want him to kind of just pick up his game a little bit. His volume's probably been down. His effort's been a down. He hasn't had a big impact in these games. A lot of you know interchanges and in time is about timing. Like Bunty's numbers have come up a little bit. Sometimes it's about timing and your opponent. But I think this is a good team to go against. Um, but we'll look at the Bulldogs quickly. Uh, Hayes Perham at fullback. Jacob Kiraz. Jake Averillo, Paul Alamotti, Josh Adokar. I think that's their pretty much staple back five. Um, Averillo's got speed to burn. That's why I'm worried for Rocco Berry. Can he contain Averillo? Uh, Alamotti, Pompey's come up well against him, but Adokar on that wing again, I think he'll be rearing to go. Um, Perham is a workhorse, very similar to Chans. Probably a little bit more athletic than Chans, but it's very much, you know, in... You know, I think it's a good battle as well. Kiraz, I haven't seen his numbers, but his numbers were high initially. I'm sure he's still pumping, you know, the numbers through. And so, you know, that'll be a good matchup with him and Montoya on that side. Um, but anyway, yeah, the Re Reynolds and, and then Burton, I, th I think I think what they've been doing with Reynolds, Reynolds is okay, but I'm not sure. Burton with those bombs is always a threat. Um, but what they've got this kid Oloapu on the... On the interchange, let me do the um, forwards. They've got Max King, Reed Mahoney, Davido Pangai Jr. Pangai Jr. is good. He's a bit of a, you know, a hothead, so you can get a few errors out of him. Max King's pretty solid. Reed Mahoney's pretty good. Um, Corey Waddell, Jacob Preston, and Raymond Faitala Marin. I'm not afraid of that that back row, to be honest. Um, Oluwapu, this kid off the bench, he's pretty good, man. So they might bring him in, him on for Reynolds in the second half. He can create. He's got something about him. I think he's a Wellington-born boy. Um, so he is, Ockenbohr is, is sort of settling into his role as the interchange front, uh, you know, second rower. Franklin Pally, I haven't seen much of him, nor have I seen Harrison Edwards. But I expect that to be a pretty solid um, bench. I, th I think they'll aim up a bit better. We beat them last time at home. They will want to win this one. They've had a bit of a drop in their games. They've lost a few. So they want to win, have a strong, you know, showing at ACOR this week. Now, I think we stayed back um, in Aussie this week. So all, I've seen all the boys are on the GC at the moment, having having a bit of fun but training hard. So I think that was good that we stayed back for this one to just settle in. 
and hopefully we have a good showing on um, on Friday. But look, matchups wise, I think in the forwards we can dominate. I think um, Tohu is still the key. Faitala Mariner isn't the same level as Tohu Harris. I think we win that matchup. I think New Corey and Curran is a far better matchup than Corey Waddell and Jacob Preston. So I think we're going to win that front row battle. It's just a matter of if we can kind of get some just the same amount of value off the interchange. Again, apart from Oluapu off off the bench, I think Walker will will win that, help us win that interchange battle. And then I think uh, Demetric will should should have a good showing with Tom. So I think those guys, those three there is particular, and Freddie if he starts, just to be that defensive rock and holding his shape, I think we have a really good run there. Um, and then the backs, look, they, their back five is good. I've always rated their back five. Avrilo, like I said, Barry, can he can he contain him? Uh, Avrilo's got speed to burn on the outsides. I'd be very worried for Barry early, or you know, and later on in the game if he gets burnt on the outside. I haven't seen Barry in a while, so this is going to be a big test to see where he fits in. Pompey should should do well against Alamoti, but then Dallin needs to be on ball with Josh. You know, we know what Josh is like. He's got speed to burn once he gets going. Dallin's got pretty good speed, but I don't know if he's got that initial speed like Josh can. Um, Dallin's got to be very careful, but Chance is, well, just a great matchup with Perham. It's, it's, they're a good team, Bulldogs. They have their ups and downs, um, but it all does fall back still on Burton. Can Burton and Reynolds lead them around? I think Sean will have his, his way. Um, he'll get Sean's been doing really well with the repeat sets. Um, I think Sean should have a strong kick. And then Volkman, how can Volkman fit in to this team and get just you know just the right balance to counter what SJ is doing? He doesn't have to do too much. We're just asking him. Can you? Can we say? Can we get six to seven touches from you? Maybe four or five on the fifth tackle that are effective kicks or or plays. And can we get a few? You know, structured plays off of you on the ends of passes, you know, getting guys through the holes. And can we ask you, Ronald, can we ask you just to be solid on defense? We don't want anyone leaking through your side. We want good communications. We don't want any, you know, the getting caught out horrifically like it was against the Sharks. Now, I think every, every, each side was, was, was battered by the Sharks, but particularly Ronald was targeted on that edge. Can we rely on you to hold your own? You know, for the majority of this game, and then you know, can you produce enough on attack for us to counter some of your maybe so-called deficiencies defensively? But that's what his role is, and hopefully, it's just a simple role. Um, but I think he'll go okay. I think it's the right time to bring in him in against the Bulldogs. Now, I think that's pretty much sums up the uh, team list and, and kind of matchups, guys. I'm just going to go into the final thoughts, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap this one up. Okay, guys, final thoughts and score prediction. Oh, look, firstly, before we go into the score prediction, we're going to look at this team, this game, sorry, this team, and we're going to do a, probably a review next week. This is pretty much the halfway point, um, technically, in terms of rounds. We've only played 24 rounds. Although it's a 27-round season, uh, we only played 24 games, so we're nearly there in terms of halfway point. What a great season start it's been, um, but we need to nail this one. Um, in order to really, I think, put ourselves in a good spot. I said seven and four. I remember I did the after week four predictions. I thought if we got to seven and four, that's a great sign because I believe 13 to 15 games will get you into the top eight. That means we're, we're over nearly halfway. 
uh, and more of a schedule that's going to be suited to us on the back end, I thought, well, seven out of seven and four, we just need to get another six to seven games. And the majority of those games are at home. And we've got three buys between then. I thought, well, that's going to be, you know, we're going to definitely get into the top eight. And that's the goal. And it should be the goal. Um, but it's looking more like if it's six and five, that's still okay. Um, seven and four, would I thought, was huge. Six and five was probably more realistic, and, and it would still be a good sign. And so if you do get the six and five, you come home on Saturday or whatever day it is, then you've got three and a half weeks at home, um, you know, and then you're getting four points pretty much from that, you know, and then you can sort of sit, and then we've got a few games after that. I think we've got Brisbane, we've got the Dolphins, and then we go away to the Raiders, and then we have another bye. So you've got a, a good window there to put in a good effort to come away with, say, 10 points, um, you know, would that would be huge uh, if you can if you can map it out right. That but that 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 only counts if we beat the Bulldogs this this Friday. So this has been a tough leg. We've had three games in eleven days. Add on this game is another short week. Really, on a Friday night, we really need to nail this one. This is a winnable game. Um, this is a team we know um, that it has its flaws. We can beat them. Um, although they are, you know, rocks and diamonds at times, they have some skill. Um, we've got to be careful and key in on their back five. We've got to be careful and key on on Oluapu. You know, uh, TPJ is still very good. Their four pack will come. Um, we cannot afford to to have a mental lapse. So this one, we just need to nail it, and then we can come home and rest. And we can all have a break. Well, all of us fans, we need a bit of a break now. We need a break from the refs and the whole situation, but, you know, I think the boys can do it. My score prediction, look, I haven't got an exact score for you, but I think we can get away with 14 to 16 points here. I think we can blow them out of the water if we have Dylan coming on. I think we can get really get on top of them with Tohu healthy for the... Um, um, if, you know, if everyone's healthy for the whole game and there's no sin bins, technically, you know, it should be a scoreline like, you know, I think 26 to, to 14 or 32 to 12... 32 to 16 I think we can get to I think we can get to five or six tries uh, if we do this right now I think that's that would be great and it'd be a good sign for us to say hey our team's there or thereabouts let's get some rest let's see if we can get Metcalf back after the bye let's see how Barnett's tracking hopefully he's okay can we get Williami back into the starting lineup how is he going with his calf it gives us a bit of time to reflect and 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 start to map things out but look I'd say 30 to 30 to 16 would be a great scoreline. 26 to 12, something like that would be awesome. Um, but that's my score prediction for you guys. Uh, that's pretty much sums up the episode for now. Um, thank you again for everyone supporting me and those that are on Instagram. Um, I'm, on, I'm on Instagram at Waz Up Podcast, and then I'm on Waz Up TV on YouTube. Um, um, but thank you for supporting the podcast. Appreciate it, guys. And um, like I said, we'll probably be going back to one episode per week um, just based on time constraints. But uh, I think you guys all will appreciate that too. Uh, and apart from that, guys, have a great week. Enjoy the game on Friday. Um, hit me up if you're on Instagram. I'll have a good chat with you guys. Probably do an IG live on Saturday or Sunday night. We'll see how we go uh, to break down the game. Um, but apart from that, guys, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the game. Um, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace.